Thanks be to God. Well, are you happy? Are you comfortable? Okay. Ephesians 4, would you turn there, please? Ephesians 4, for uh, a few weeks now, when I've been with you, uh, we've been on the subject that we're calling, based on the scripture, give no place to the devil. Anybody familiar with that scripture? Well, you're about to read it. But uh, give no place to the devil. Ephesians 4, and we'll begin in verse uh, 26. It says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Verse 27, Neither... The understood subject is you, neither give place to the devil. Now, if you believe the Bible, this gives you a lot of revelation. Uh, That means there is a devil. Millions don't believe it. They scoff about it. But we believe the Bible. And when you accept these truths... It answers a lot of questions for you. And if you don't accept these truths, you will not be able to understand all kinds of things. He said, neither give place to the devil. The Amplified says it like this. Leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Now this reveals, and this is wonderful news. The enemy can't just work in your life because he wants to. Is that good news or is that good news? Hmm? Now, he wants you to believe he can, but he's a liar and a deceiver. And he doesn't have room or opportunity to function and operate unless we give it to him. Now, no smart person would do that. Huh? Because when he operates, what does he come to do? Steal, kill, destroy. So, I mean, no knowing person would invite somebody into their life knowing they're going to steal what you have. They're going to destroy what you've built up. They're going to try to kill you. You wouldn't let somebody into your house if you're knowing that's what they've come to do. Not knowingly. But, for instance, we just got through talking about it. One of the biggest things the devil has pulled off is convincing most of the planet that he and his demon cohorts don't even exist. Well, you're never going to resist what doesn't exist. Hmm? You're never going to resist what doesn't exist. And the Bible, we're told, Repeatedly to resist or stand against the devil. So he said, don't give the devil any place. Give him no place. Look with me over in uh, uh, First Peter, or they'll, they'll just put it up on the screen. First Peter 5, 8. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant. Be, in other words, be, be awake, be aware, be on the watch. Why? Because you got an adversary, the devil. And he, as a roaring lion, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. Again, there's some really good news right there. That word may. What does that mean? There's some. He may still kill and destroy and devour in their lives. And there's some. He may not. I for one. Am a may not. Come on somebody say I'm a may not. What does that mean? I'm one that the devil may not. Devour. But you got. That's not the end of the sentence. Verse 9. 
Whom what? Resist steadfast in the faith. Now, resist steadfast means you don't just do it one time and you're done. You know, we wish that's the way it was. But the enemy is a persistent cuss. And he will come. And even when you stand against him successfully, he'll try to come back later and come back again. You remember with Jesus, he was tempted uh, of the devil 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And then it said the devil finally left him for a season. What does that mean? He came back later, even with Jesus, to do what? Well, the, the good news about the master is He never gave in. His whole life, the Bible said, he was tempted, Hebrews says, in all points, just like us, yet without sin. It's not a sin to be tempted. The sin happens when you give in to the temptation, when you yield to it, when you act on it. Uh, And so if the enemy comes to bother you, to tempt you, to press you a hundred times, what do you do? You resist him a hundred times. Huh? Because if you resist him 99 and then you give in on the hundredth time, right? Still, uh, he won that battle. You don't want to do that. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give the devil any room to work in your life. Don't give him the opportunity To do his stealing and killing and destroying in your business, in your stuff. That's wonderful news. That means you can shut him out. Oh, somebody say, thank God. You you can shut him down. You can keep him out. You can. He said, resist. And the way you're going to do it is right here. Resist steadfast. Everybody say, resist. This is one of the key words in this whole study as far as our part. We're told repeatedly to resist. Say it again, resist. Another way to say that, it can also be translated stand against. Stand against. If you've read in Ephesians 6, it says, having done all to stand Stand therefore, really, uh, if you look at the previous part, you could put the word against with every one of those stands. Having done all to stand against the enemy, stand against him. Right? Stand against. You you have to resist it, which is why we, we, we need to talk about the existence of the devil and demon spirits. Because like we said, if you don't believe they even exist... You're never going to stand against what doesn't exist. And that's what the enemy's doing. He, he got most of the world hoodwinked about this. So he's able to just do whatever he wants to do. People are giving in to him right and left, acting like these things don't exist. But you and I are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Huh? We got the Holy Spirit. We got the wonderful Bible, the Word of God. We got the authority in the name of the head of the church, Jesus. We got the Holy Spirit to help us to detect the enemy's activity and know when we are to absolutely not give in, but to stand against it and keep standing against it. And having done all to stand against it, stand against it. Y'all with me? He said, resist steadfast in the faith and don't think that some weird thing's happening to you knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Everybody on the planet is dealing with some of the very same things. In, uh, in James, we'll read this as well, James 4 and 7. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves Therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. We have Paul's witness 
Give no place to the devil. We have Peter's witness. Resist him steadfast in the faith. We have James' witness. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Is this established? There is a devil. And you and I are supposed to resist him regularly. Resist the devil and what will happen? Do not believe all of the Hollywood junk about demons and about the devil because it's the, it's the devil himself that has inspired much of it. He wants to scare you. He wants, he wants to portray himself as this awful monster uh, so that people don't even want to talk about the devil, ooh, 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 don't don't talk about <laughs> don't talk about that. When you realize the truth, you realize well, why would the devil flee from you when you resist him if he's this terrible, awful monster? Huh? In fact, the Bible said in in, in first. Let me see in um, in James two. He said, James 2.19, he said, do you believe that God is one? Uh, you do well. The devils also believe and what? And what? Tremble. Tremble. The Young's literal translation says, they shudder. They're the ones going, ooh. <laughs> They're the ones supposed to be doing that. Not you. Not you. Why? Somebody says, well, I'm not God. Yeah, but he's in you. The Holy Spirit lives inside the believer. And that's why the scripture said greater. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater than who? Than the evil one and all his cohorts that's working in the world. Do not believe these lies. Uh, in fact, let me exhort you, don't watch horror movies, including zombie films. Said, What's wrong with that? It's designed to desensitize you to slaughtering people. These things have ulterior spiritual Motives and purposes. I know the people involved in it don't realize it. Just like people don't even believe that that the devil exists. But horror uh, things, novels, movies, all these kind of things, they're designed to put fear in you. And people watch them because it's a, a psychological thrill to be scared. And then to realize, oh, there's nothing wrong, it's just a movie. But fear is a bad, bad thing. There's plenty of stuff to have to resist fear from just in normal life without subjecting yourself to these things. And uh, who would knowingly go in and sit down for two or three hours and say, devil, okay, put all the fear in me you can. Not smart. I said, now you can do it if you want to, but it'll show up at another place in things like panic attacks. Y'all with me? You, you feed something at different points in time. It may not just come up at once, but then when some pressure comes on, all that fear will come out. We don't want to be full of fear. We want to be full of faith. 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 Not fear. Well, in order to be full of something, you got to feed on it. Huh? If you feed your fear, you'll get full of fear. If you feed your faith, you'll get full of faith. You agree with any of that? Praise be to God. You and I have authority over the evil one. And when we resist him in faith, he has to flee. Has to. Has no choice. Um, Go with me please to 1 John the third chapter. Well, 
tell you what. Go to Ephesians first. We talked about this. I'm not quite ready to get off of this. I had extra time to study this past week, and I, I got too many notes, man. I got too many notes, but that's all right. It's, it'll be good for another time. Uh, Ephesians 6. <laughs> Ephesians 6. In this, the, Boy, there's a lot of revelation and light about what we're talking about in this sixth chapter. In fact, in the whole book of Ephesians. But he talked about that there are these principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and wicked spirits in the heavenlies and how that we are to take to ourselves the whole armor of God hmm? and to stand against the wiles. Did you hear that phrase? The wiles are the trickery of the devil. Uh, look what in about verse 14 or so, 614. Verse 13, excuse me, go, go back. Uh, actually, verse 12. <laughs> we wrestle not. I told you those guys upstairs were good. Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is something we continually have to remind ourselves. That when people are just acting crazy and unreasonable and all kind of stuff that just doesn't make sense. It's not just them. There are evil influences behind them that they are most of the time unknowingly giving place and yielding to. And you got to remind yourself, no, my, my fight is not against people. It's not against flesh and blood. My, my, they're not the real enemy. They may think they are. They may say they are. But you take the most you know, unclean, the most cruel, the most hateful, uh, foul, base person there is, you get them born again, get them free from all that evil influence, get them filled with the Holy Spirit, they're wonderful people. They're great people. They're not your enemy. They're your brother. They're your sister. Well, that's what happened to you, right? (laughs) Different degrees of whatever it might be. But He said, uh, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Actually, that can be translated wicked spirits in high places or heavenly places. Verse 13, wherefore take to you the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Withstand and again Uh, the meaning of these words is stand against. The same idea as resist. That you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done all to resist. Verse 14, resist therefore. (laughs) Or stand against. Having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, we, we've heard this sometimes and kind of put a, I don't know, some kind of a, a graphic idea of it. But he's not talking about actual physical pieces of armor. He's talking about spiritual things. And he's just using the armor that the soldier wore then as a, a picture of how something uh, worked. And look at verse, back it up to verse 14 again. Your loins gird about with truth. Everybody say truth. Truth. This will protect you from the um, attacks of the enemy. Righteousness will protect you. Can you see this? The lack of truth will make you vulnerable, hittable, hurtable. The lack of a revelation of righteousness and who you are in Christ will make you vulnerable to these attacks. Verse 15, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That can also be translated prosperity. (laughs) The good news about peace and shalom and wholeness and plenty. Verse 16, 
Above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all these things, faith. Like a door-sized shield will protect you. Hmm? And you'll be able to quench all the what? Other translations say flaming arrows. This is the word for missile. <laughs> well, a spear is a missile. An arrow is a missile. A knife that's thrown, something flying through the air to hit you and hurt you is some type of missile. And these are fiery darts, flaming arrows of the wicked. How do these flaming arrows come? They're not literal. They're not physical. What are they? How do they come? Do you know when it's time to go, look at there, there's a flaming arrow. Better get that shield of faith up. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so that it hits your faith instead of you. <laughs> Are you all okay? He said, to let your faith be like a shield, one translation says, and you'll be able to stop all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Well, let me remind you of 2 Corinthians 10. Put that up, please. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So he's talking about the very same thing we just got through reading about in Ephesians. They're not natural. They're not fleshy. But they are real and they are spiritual and they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What kind of strongholds? Verse 5, casting down imaginations. These are the flaming arrows. Imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Everybody say every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. We have not acknowledged how serious thoughts and feelings are. We, you know, that's, that's part of the enemy's working to cause people to believe he doesn't even exist. Because you'll have all kind of people say, oh, devil, demons, angels, God? No. They're educated. They don't believe in such stuff. And yet, they'll turn right around and talk about thoughts. Well, what is a thought? They'll say, I don't believe, we don't believe in things that we can't see and feel. You can't see a thought. Huh? You've never seen a thought. You cannot put your finger on a thought. You cannot touch a thought. You cannot smell a thought. You cannot taste a thought. But are you going to say thoughts are not real? Because you can't see them? And feelings. How about feelings? (laughs) Have you ever... Just had a feeling come to you seemingly out of nowhere? I know the answer to the question. Huh? You know, maybe, maybe it seemed like you're doing pretty good. And all at once you just felt yucky. Well, what is that? You can't see it. You can't touch it. What is it? Good has a source. It comes from somewhere. God. Evil has a source. It comes from somewhere. Not God. It comes from the evil one. Good comes from good. Evil comes from evil. Evil does not come from God. And good does not come from the enemy. Ever. 
ever. He lies about it, tries to twist stuff around, but it, it can't come out of him because there's no good in him. You can't give what you don't have. Thoughts and feelings are spiritual. And these influences, these unseen influences are very real. No honest thinking person would deny that feelings and thoughts come to us. And there are times when even the most holy saint of God has found come to them ungodly thoughts and wrong feelings. I don't have to ask if you've ever had them. But the thing is, just because a thought or feeling comes to you from the outside and suggestions and pushing and pressure to say and do something that's wrong, that does not mean you've sinned. It means something's trying to influence you. And tell me what you do. Oh, come on. You know the answer to this. You know the answer. What what do you do when influences come to do wrong? You don't go, what's wrong with me? Because additional thoughts will come. The enemy... (laughs) You walked into that one. (laughs) The enemy will bring suggestions and feelings of bad things and to do bad things to you. And then he'll jump around on the other side and say, what's wrong with you? Supposed to be a Christian. Thinking things like that. He's the one brought it to you. He is a master deceiver and liar. That's he invented lying. He fathered it. And he's very, very good at it. And if you don't believe these influences exist, then you're taking responsibility for all this kind of stuff that you did not generate. And you didn't ask for it. You didn't bring to yourself. You just have to make a choice when these wrong things come to you to say, no, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to sit here and dwell on that, and I'm not going to say it, and I'm not going to act on it. Satan, get out of here. I resist you. Leave me. And if you do that in real faith, tell me what will happen next. He will. He will leave. Will that be the end of it forever? I wish I could tell you it was. But he will try to come back. He will. But no no reason for you to be scared or upset. Uh, the same thing that worked first time will work the next time. And the next time. And the next time. And as many as it takes. And there will be times where he, he realizes he's not going to get you to do this. So he just gives up on that for a season. You get a break. Somebody say hallelujah. Praise <laughs> God. You get a break. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Lord. These fiery darts, these fiery flaming arrows, what are they? They are thoughts. They are feelings. They are influences to get you to do something bad, something wrong. They're very real. But we need to identify their source. In uh, in the very beginning, with Adam and Eve, um, back in Genesis, you can go to Genesis 2 if you want to, but we see God created a perfect place. He created a perfect man and a perfect woman. Absolutely no flaws, no deficiencies. There was no curse. It's hard for us to imagine what it was like. There were no thorns. There were no briars. Wasps and bees did not sting. Snakes did not bite. 
lions and tigers did not kill and rip apart other animals. Let me say, say what? They were vegetarians. Say what? Yeah. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that whenever things restored, the lion will lie down with the lamb instead of eat them and will eat straw like a cow. People talk about, we know, well, God made nature violent like that. He did not. He did not make it violent like that. This violence and this, uh, you know, destruction is the result of the fall. So everything's perfect. And here comes the devil. (laughs) Now, everything was perfect till he showed up. And if you, that's the, that's the very front of the book. If you fast forward to the end of the book, you'll see he's going to be removed. And then everything will be perfect again. (laughs) So don't blame God. Don't blame God. Wish I could say it louder. Don't blame God for the curse, for the results of sin, for bad weather. For all this stuff, disease, don't blame him for this. Don't blame him for it. You'll be believing lies. But notice, God gave them, as far as we know, one commandment. Uno. One. (laughs) Anybody remember what it was? Genesis 2.16, the Lord commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. That included the tree of life that you may eat and live forever. So we know beyond a question if they had not sinned and fallen, they'd still be around today. Because the Lord himself talked about them eating, taking of the tree of life and eating and living forever. He said, of every tree of the garden, you may eat freely. And apparently there were a bunch of them. Verse verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, one out of all of them, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. One tree, one command that forbade, one. And just a few verses later, what do we see? Adam and Eve and the enemy speaking through the serpent, standing by the one tree, looking at the one tree. They're not supposed to partake of. And what was the result of partaking of this tree? The knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. They already had knowledge of good. They had knowledge of God. But to know the difference between good and evil, we'd have been so much better off if we'd have never known anything about evil. But what is happening? The enemy said to Eve, did God say? What's he doing? An influence. Can you see this? Did God say you shall not uh, eat? And she said, yeah. He said, we don't eat of that tree. We don't touch that tree lest we die. She's clear on it. Then he says, and here's here's where it comes. Lit it on fire. Huh? You won't really die. Come on, do you see this? Here comes a flaming arrow. You won't die. It is a lie. It's, it, it's just words. It's just a thought. But it was the thought and lie that destroyed and robbed them of paradise. That caused them to die. Are there deadly thoughts? And they have sources. 
Where did it come from? We know specifically, the Bible tells us, this, these words, words uh, contain thoughts, came from the devil speaking through the serpent. You will not die. Well, that's just a blatant lie. God said they would. Can you see this? So tell me what Eve should have done. Huh? You basically, basically got the same answer for all questions I'm asking throughout the week. This, this is the, tell me what should she have done? Tell me, tell me strong. What should she have done? Huh? She, something should have come up on the inside of her and she said, what? What? You calling God a liar? You call, you calling my creator, my father, a liar? It's time to stand up on the inside. Why? Because this, and you see, if you'd have done that, what would you have done? I refuse to believe that. I believe the Word of God. (laughs) You'd have pulled up your big shield of faith. Come on, can you see that? And that fiery dart would have went, thunk. And then you told him to get out of there. Told the devil to get out of there. But is that what happened? What happened? No resisting. And so what did that fiery dart do? Right inside. Right inside her mind. And so she's standing there thinking about that. I I won't die. We won't die. And the devil says, look at this fruit. How can anything so pretty kill you and hurt you? And the Bible said, as she's looking at it, she's thinking, that's got to taste wonderful. It looks so good to eat. Of course, they'd never eaten it before. And then it was so pretty. It was so pleasant to the eyes. And then it would enhance you. It would raise you up. To be a godlike being. She was already a godlike being. But they did not stop this flaming arrow. Can you see this? This is how the enemy works with all of us. He will fire a thought, and these thoughts are not just intellectual, they are accompanied with feelings. And it has to do with very real spiritual influence trying to persuade you to do something, to act on something, to allow something that's bad, that you should not do or should not allow. Flaming arrows, casting down imaginations. He said, our weapons are are not natural, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imagination. Everybody say, casting down imagination. See, what's going on in Eve's mind, and Adam's right there with her. What's going on? Imagining eating the fruit. Looks so good. It's going to taste so good. It's going to feel so good. It's going to make me so high. It's going to give me such ability. Lies. Somebody say lies. 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 But they did not protect themselves from it. They let it come in. Instead of resisting, they let it come in and wound up acting on it and wound up losing everything. We can't throw any stones. We'd have done the same thing. You said, no, I wouldn't. Well, you've read the book. You know the story. But the only way you could say you would not have done it is if you had never sinned. You've lived your whole life to this point and have never sinned. And I know that ain't true. So you've already done what they did. But can you see that all of these things, all of these sin, all of these actions, 
It starts out as what? A thought. A feeling. A suggestion. An influence. A persuasion. And the enemy's persistent. And notice how the enemy, if you learn what to look for, he gives his self away. He can't help it. He, uh, for one thing, he's annoying. He is. When I say the devil, I'm talking about all of his cohorts. Uh, all, all, all demon spirits, all evil spirits, unclean spirits. They are pushy and annoying. And they won't shut up. And when you find thoughts and temptations and pulls that just, it just keeps coming to your mind, you keep thinking about it continually and it irritates you and it bothers you, there's spiritual influence behind it. Because the environment of hell itself is torment. And so when these spirits are active, you get a taste of torment. Of, of torment and vexation. When the Spirit of God's ministering to you, it's totally different. It's peace. I said it's peace. And He will not, He's not annoying. Let me put it like that. He's kind. He's gentle. He's gracious. He will not try to make you do anything. He will call. He will lead, He will lead you. But it's up to you whether you follow or not. He'll show you, but he's not going to try to make you do it. Now, the devil, on the other hand, he tries to wear you down. He just is so annoying. He'll just, he won't shut up. You know what I mean by that? He just, these thoughts and these feet, you don't hear it, but it's almost like, do it. Do it. Do it. You know you want to. Do it. Just do it already. Do it. Do it. Say it. You know you want to say it. Say it. Say it. You have to say it. Say it. (laughs) I'm not talking about voices you hear. But the thoughts come like that. They just, they come like that. And it's a push. It's a push. It's an evil push. It's an evil attempt to persuade. But do you have to give in? You never have to give in. You never. Now the the enemy is going to endeavor to influence you to do bad things. The Holy Spirit is going to influence you to do good things. And you'll see, the Lord pointed this out to me recently, you'll see this in the works of the flesh and in the fruit of the Spirit. The enemy tries to influence the things that are listed in what the Bible calls the works of the flesh in Galatians 5. Go ahead and turn there with me. Have you got a minute? Let's take a look at it. There's 15 of the first items and 9 of the second. And so if I spent 3 minutes on each one, which we won't do. But you see, you see what we're dealing with here. Can you come back? Hmm? We need to continue this. But in Galatians 5. Galatians 5 and 16. He said, uh, If you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. You see that word devour? Who wants to devour and destroy? So it's people doing it, but who's behind it? And he said, uh, this I say, verse 16, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust, that strong desires of the flesh. Now, when people see the word lust, they tend to just think sexual, but it's, it's much more than that. You can have strong desires for all kind of things. That's not right. Uh, walk in the Spirit. Another way of saying that is yield to and follow 
the good Holy Spirit's influences. He's going to remind you and bring thoughts to you to remind you of what the Lord told you. Huh? He, he's going to bring thoughts and feelings and direction to you to guide you into all the truth that will make you free. And even show you good things to come. Walk with him. Yield to him. And you won't fulfill the wrong desires that the enemy is trying to influence through your flesh. Verse 17. The flesh pulls, we might say, strong desire against the spirit. And the spirit pulls against the flesh. Have you ever experienced this, child of God? And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Uh, Part of you will want to do things that's not right. Not a single amen. (laughs) It's a fact. Your body did not get born again. Nor did your mind. Your mind didn't get born again either. Your spirit, the hidden man of the heart, became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And immediately, Romans 12, we're told that we need to renew our mind. And then we're told to keep our body under. Bring it into subjection. Uh, So part of you, the flesh he's talking about, will be pulled to do things that are wrong. But the, the inner man, the, the Spirit of God inside you, is, is leading you the other way. Keep reading, said verse 18. You, if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the law was given to spiritually dead people. People who did not have the Spirit in them like we do. But think about the things he gave them in the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before you. Well, who's going to influence you to worship other gods? (laughs) Right? Not God. And it went on to say, uh, you don't make any graven images that you bow down to them and serve them. Well, who would influence you to do that? And you don't take the Lord's name in vain. Well, who would try to influence you to do that? You know... Foul speech and cursing and blasphemy is the language of demons. Hmm? People say, well, it's just a bad habit that I I picked up. It's worse than you know. It's the language of demons. Who would influence you to use the name of God in a blasphemous and a wrong way? Huh? Why would you want to yield to it? And then it goes on to talk about uh, you don't, you shall not steal. Well, who will influence you to steal? <laughs> you shall not kill. Who would influence you to kill? You, you'll not bear false witness. You'll not covet what's your neighbor's. Who is influ- trying to get you to do that? So even back then, before the new birth, He was giving them things to help them to see, don't yield to this. Right? Something comes and keeps telling you, kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them. It is written, thou shalt not kill. Right? So I'm not, no matter how I feel, I'm not going to give in to that. Well, what he's saying here is that you and I, if we're led by the Spirit, We're not under the law. Somebody said we don't have to keep the Ten Commandments anymore. It's not a matter of that. The Ten Commandments are right and they're good and they're perfect. Always have been, always will be. But if you follow the leading of the Spirit, you're not going to break the Ten Commandments. You got the author of the book living inside you. Right? And that's what he said. If we're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. And then he he keeps going to say, verse 18, if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And like I said, he he mentions uh, a bunch of names of things. And I want to go over them briefly. 
But uh, two of these words in the King James don't appear in the, uh, the original text. But all of these ideas are there. Adultery doesn't appear. But fornication does, and it covers all of those things. Fornication covers all kinds of sex outside uh, husband and wife covenant marriage. Fornication. Well, who's going to try to influence you to commit adultery? Hmm? Or to... uh, have relations uh, and you're not married. Uh, what's, what's trying to influence you to do that? It's the enemy. Uh, uncleanness. And this is, this is spiritual uncleanness. It affects physical uncleanness. Um, sometimes people have said, well, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. That's not a scripture. <laughs> but, but. God is not unclean. God is not dirty. And really, you can't get things down here in this curse-filled earth truly clean. And yet, people who yield to wrong spirits, they become nasty. People will quit bathing. They, they just do all kind of nasty stuff. And this is the influence of unclean spirits. Lasciviousness. That means no restraint, no out of control. Who who would push you to have no limits? (laughs) Just do anything to be out of control. Uh, Idolatry, we've we've already talked about that. Who would influence you to worship idols? Witchcraft is one of the works of the flesh. That has to do with the use of spells, drugs, charms. You shouldn't have good luck charms. That's right. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. Somebody said, what's wrong with that? A lot. What are you counting on? On that to protect you instead of God? Amen. What are you doing? Who would influence you to use talismans and emulets and and spells? Don't get your palm read. Don't call the psychic hotline. Come on, y'all with me? For one thing, why in the world would you do that when you got the author of life inside you? You know, why go ask a lying demon? About your future when Jesus told you the Holy Spirit would show you things to come. Don't do it. Hatred. Well, that's hating. Who would influence you to hate? Variance. That has to do with quarreling and fussing. You'll see people sometimes, they, they, they just, their fussing is unreasonable. They got every reason to get along and have a good day. And they fuss over uh, toothpaste caps and toilet seats and bacon crisp or not and just mess up a good Saturday. For what? <laughs> now you're, you're laughing because you know too much about it. <laughs> but why, why do we have that? Because You'll be, everything will be great. It's a nice Sunday morning. Somebody made breakfast and everything's wonderful. And something just comes and says you, I've told them 10 times not to make that bacon so crispy. I've told them. I told them. I told them. I told them. How many times you have to tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. And it, it comes with feelings. And all at once, you just don't feel as good as you did. And all at once, you just feel kind of ornery. And all at once, you just, you just feel, and then he says, say it, say it, say it, say it, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them.
Tell them. Tell them. <laughs> and if you don't believe there are evil influences, what will you do? You will tell them. And they won't appreciate it. Right? And then you don't know it, but he's on the other side telling them to tell you. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. The enemy seeks, whether it's husband and wife, whether it's brother, sister, whether it's co-worker, whether it's people in the church, on the job, whether it's people in a nation, he's always pushing to cause strife and fights and quarrels and arguments. And so much of it is just unreasonable. It's illogical. But people all at once, they just look at somebody and they don't like them. And they just feel They get a mean feeling. And then they just, well, where's all this coming from? Tell me, faith, life, family, what you do when thoughts and feelings come. Tell me. Tell me. Huh? And if they come back 40 times in the same morning, tell me what you do. You you resist 40 times. You resist. You resist. Somebody say, I resist, I resist. And according to the Bible, multiple witnesses, when I, in faith, resist the devil, tell me what happens, tell me what happens, what happens? He will flee from me. And man, when I really put my foot down in the name of Jesus, they shudder. I don't shudder. They shudder. And they flee. Come on, somebody say, they shudder. And they flee. They leave. Keep keep reading. Emulations. That means envy. Jealousy. Indignation. It means seeing somebody doing better than you. And you don't like it. It gives you displeasure. To see somebody have more than you. Get ahead of you. Who would try to influence you that way? Wrath. It literally means breathing hard. Anger. Who would try to influence you this way? Strife. It talked about trying to win followers and rivalry and competition and ambition. Seditions. Breaking apart into different groups and factions and divisions and heresies is also different parties. Envying, some of these overlap, but then yet there's uh, unique differences too. Uh, like we said, feelings of displeasure at the advantage or prosperity of others. Drunkenness, that's real simple, intoxicated. <laughs> revelings, revelings are coupled with the drunkenness. These are wild, drunken parties and orgies. Who would influence you? Hmm? Who would push, keep pushing you and bringing those thoughts? Uh, get drunk. It'll be fun. Get drunk. Get high. Get high. Get drunk. Get high. Get drunk. Get high. You know you want to. Get drunk. Get drunk. It'll be fun. Get drunk. Get drunk. Get drunk. Get high. All of these you will see spiritual demonic activity to influence to do evil. But keep reading. That's the works of the flesh. Can you give me two more minutes? Uh, you give me two, I'll take two. And I... <laughs> uh, no, the pastor should have a few privileges. What do you think? Uh, verse 22. But we're about to see a major contrast. Is that right? But the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, say what the Spirit. Now, we're not talking about any Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit of God, what He produces. What He influences to produce is what? Love. Is the devil ever going to try to influence you to love? Never. And what else? Joy. Huh? (laughs) 
when, when the enemy's trying to say, tell them, tell them, tell them, and the Spirit of God in you says, no, love them, love them, just give it a break, love them. It's up to you which one you yield to, right? The Spirit of God will influence you to love. He'll influence you to joy. Now, what we many have not realized, joy is a choice. You can yield to depression or you can resist depression and yield to joy. You can laugh when you don't feel like it. You can say hallelujah, praise God, when you do not feel like it. You can yield to the Spirit of God will prompt you. You got a lot to be thankful for. Don't you don't you sit here and feel sorry for yourself. Get up and praise God. Right? And when you do, your feelings will change. Peace. Oh, thank God for his peace. Long suffering. Like we just got through saying, the Spirit of God will prompt you. No, no, you do not have to call this out right now. You don't have to make a deal out of this. Cool your jets. Relax. Give it some time. The Spirit of God will prompt you. Give it some time. Give it some room. Trust God. Give God a chance to answer your prayer. Give it some time. Gentleness. The the devil will never try to influence you to be kind and gentle. He wants you to be harsh, hard, mean, demanding, pushy, like him. The uh, the enemy will try to influence you. You got to stand up for yourself. You know, you got to tell people. You can't be a doormat. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. You got to make some. That's not a scripture. You you got you got to make some noise. And make some noise. You got to demand what you want. Demand. But the spirit of God will prompt you, even though you're upset. He'll, 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 he'll touch you and go, don't raise your voice. Don't, don't raise your voice. Be kind. Be kind. Be kind. (laughs) Kind. Be gentle. Don't be pushy. Don't be demanding. Don't. See, who's it up to which influence we yield to? It's entirely our choice. The devil can't make us. If we don't give him any room and place, he won't have any room and place. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but there are some he may not devour. And all the Spirit of God is by far the bigger one, the stronger one, the greater one than anything that could come against you. And when you decide to yield to Him and He shows up, that's why the enemy has got no choice but to beat it out of there. Why? Because the big one is showing up. Oh, no, they're going to yield to the Holy Oh, they're going to do it. They're going to yield into the Holy Ghost. Oh, we're out of here, man. Boom. They don't want to mess with the Holy Spirit. Goodness. (laughs) We're almost there. Well, that's good. Faith. We've already taught you about faith before. Meekness. That's humility. Temperance. We saw one of the others was no restraint. Lasciviousness. That's no self-control. This is Self-control. How many know the Spirit of God? You, you know, you start getting all riled up and worked up, and He'll prompt you. He'll go, "Get a hold of yourself, huh? Get a hold of yourself. Control yourself." No. And some you can be in mid-sentence. You can go. Let me tell you one thing. God loves you. And I love you, and. I'm going to go pray and we'll talk about this another time. (laughs) You can. 
Why? Why would you do that? Because someone, the greater one on the inside of you, just about time you you ready to let him have it, he came up and said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. And you were spiritual enough because faith life people are some of the most spiritually aware and best spirit-led people on the, on the face of the earth right now. You, you thought, uh, 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 mm. Okay. Stop yielding to that. Wrong influence. Yield to the holy influence. And the fruit of that will be love, joy. Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such is no law, no power, no work can stop the greater one's work in you. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, praise God. Praise God.